How are comics, TV shows, and the rest doing with queer representation? We answer that question and more this week on Only Stupid Answers. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Only Stupid Answers. This is the show where we answer your questions about movies, TV shows, comic books, pride kickstarters and queer comics that's that's premieres. What we're, we're, premieres. premieres premieres um uh we've got a lot to talk about today my name is dj wildridge with me as always is roxy stryer and we have a very special guest today say hi to the kids at home hello thanks for having me um yeah i'm yeah. so excited to be on this podcast thank you for having me i'm so i'm stoked tell, tell everybody pride. yeah tell everybody who you are and where they can find you and what you're up to all right well i'm cat um most people know me as comic you know um i've done comic reviews for a very long time also a journalist i've worked for repops Popverse currently um i've worked for ign newsarama tv guide um fandom so uh been doing the journalism thing for a while but i'm also a combo creator it's uh my main job so uh, i am the creator of by visibility and that is a, a current kickstarter going on right now it's a bisexual anthology so uh tackling bisexuality from all different genres and all different perspectives. And um, I'm also a webtoon creator with our queer uh, webtoon slice of life. If you want some fun queer romance, uh, especially like Yuri and, and things like that, or just romance webtoon in general. Um, and I'm also part of the advisory council on Kickstarter. So I actually work for Kickstarter as well. The, the laundry list is long. Um, I, you know, I think uh, that's the main bullet points. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I love them. Uh- um, uh, yeah, everybody check out by visibility. We're going to be talking more about that in, um, a little bit. Um, Wait, this is such a bizarre on air question to ask that I should have asked before, but I've been thinking, yeah. that, so I'm just going to ask, do I know you or do I know of you? Do we I think we might've met, I think we might've met once or twice. We did. I don't know if we went through fandom. I think we might have met through Comic Con because I, I I recognize your name and also your face. But yeah, like, wait, did we meet in person? But I think probably Comic Con. I'm like up downing you yes. and hearing you speak, and and I'm just like, no, no, definitely done this before. Where was it? Mm, if it was Comic Con, it's probably why the blurriness is coming in. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds right. Yep. Hundred uh, percent. But I'm glad to see each other again. And Very I think we have San Diego coming up, so hopefully this will be the first of many mm-hmm. times we get to hang out. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, um, speaking, you you review comics and stuff like that. What are you? What are you into right now? What are you reading that's got you uh, excited? It's a good question. I feel like I have it from all different areas because I really do try to read as many comics as I can. I'm I'm a Wednesday warrior. Mm -hmm. I read my Wednesday comics. From Marvel right now, I would say Punisher is something that has really surprised me because I don't normally like Punisher. So I've really enjoyed that the take of like trying to tell a story about gun control with a character like Punisher. Is, is that what crazy. they're doing? Because I picked up, we're, yeah. we're talking about now he's, he's working for the hand and everything, right? Yeah. 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 I picked up, I picked up the first issue cause I was curious. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, cause at this point it's like, what do you do? What do you do with Punisher at this point? Uh, changing the logo is not enough. Um, and I read the first issue and I'm like, mm, I'm not feeling this. Uh, I, yeah. I did like the, the redesign did look cool, but so, so, but you're digging it. Yeah. I liked, um, 
hopefully they flesh it out even more. But from yeah. what I read from these, I think where there's like three issues out. Um, that's kind of the route, the route they were going is talking cool. about, um, you know, his relationships with guns. And we never really have seen that from Punisher before. So mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting. Um, other stuff I've been enjoying is like She-Hulk. I think She-Hulk has been really good. Um, I've loved uh, Runaways from Rainbow. So mm-hmm. having Rainbow do a She-Hulk run, I think it's been wonderful. So that's been good for Marvel. From DC, Robin, uh, Joshua Williamson's been killing it over there uh, i mean tom taylor you got dark knights of steel has been really good yeah. um and then the indies you got stuff like radiant black going on we're, we're living in a renaissance for indie comics right now yeah for um sure. so yeah there's there's just so many great books coming out i'm trying to think of like other uh genres that are coming out that i'm really enjoying um from like image or something um but radiant black's the one that's like really oh rogue sun right brian parrot if you're a power rangers fan Ryan does a great job on that. Because uh, that's kind of what of Radiant Black has evolved into, right? It's basically mm-hmm. like a, almost like a Super Sentai story. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's like this mixture of Invincible with Power Rangers and, and all cool. that fun jazz. And it's been a while since you've gotten a new hero and, and you feel like, oh, I don't actually know what's going to happen mm-hmm. next. You know, I feel like we had that. And obviously, Miss Marvel has a TV show out right, right now. So Miss Marvel was a character like that where it's like, G. Willow Wilson was on Miss Marvel for such a long time. And you're like, oh, I really don't know what journey we're going to go on with Miss Marvel. And it was so new and fresh. I kind of wish they would do even more with Miss Marvel in the comics. I wish I could recommend like Miss Marvel as a comic right now, mm-hmm. but they haven't really done much. Uh, same things for like Spider-Gwen, who I thought was a very rev- revolutionary character. It's like, I want to see more from Spider-Gwen yeah. because uh, she has such a great run and we're seeing her, you know, in these movies and stuff like that. It's almost like a monkey's paw situation where like when a character blows up, you're like, okay, slow we can't do too much now we got to maintain that status quo so it lines up with the tv show Um, exactly but it's like it's the tv show uh what you are cat to comic books Mm -hmm. i am to television uh which is completely obsessed and when you just mentioned runaways a minute ago what happened to that show i just as you said it i was just like am i still waiting for another season of that it's it ended on season three i think and it was because like, of Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah, because they because of they had to cancel like all the Marvel shows because mm-hmm. all the Disney Plus stuff was going on. So they canceled it. Wow. I was hoping it was a COVID case where it was like, all right, you guys are going to get this sometime after the Panini. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I, I wish. can't believe I didn't remember about that show until you just said it. Hey, listen, Shame on me. stuff's coming back. Thought we got Daredevil coming back. I don't know if Runaways was high enough in anybody's radar to get the Daredevil rebirth. But, you know, you never know at this point. Well, maybe like a character like Nico, who's so popular yeah. in the comics, like she maybe like, like maybe she shows up in an MCU movie and yeah. then be like, who's this girl? Oh, she's from that show Runaways. And then people start watching Runaways because it's still on Hulu. And okay. then you could get like. I'm surprised Runaways they have that actress was good. I liked Nico a lot. I'm surprised so they haven't good. shuttled that over to Disney Plus just to kind of like consolidate. Like I know Hulu's the same tent essentially but like you know just get them all together they did that with agents of shield and everything um i agree super super cool uh appreciate that don't get to talk about uh, uh comics a lot on the show so i i uh my uh, bad dj no 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 it's all good <laughs> something speaking of indie books I'll do just, better next no 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 you know you're, you're it's you're so it's so good uh, uh any comic that that i don't get to talk about a lot that i'll just now is a good opportunity to throw it out there that's kind of different stuff is is this comic it's on its second volume kill lock um, which is an IDW book, I believe, that basically exists in a world of robots where four four robots are linked together. That if one of them dies, they all die. There's like a there's like a, a kind of a prison sentence deal, and they're on their second volume now called Kill Lock Artisan Wraith. 
and it's really fucking good. Like it's really good. Like it's it's a uh, it's a really good book. So um, for anybody looking something outside of the superhero stuff, um, and for me, cat, you can help me. I always mix it up. Yeah. Is it the Cypher X Men comic? Is it Le- is it Knights of X or Legion of X? Which? Oh, uh, Legion of X. Legion of X. Great. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Love it. My that's my favorite of the of the X books right now. Um, cool. Comics, love them. We're going to talk about more of them. Um, uh, but Roxy, we, we'll touch on this briefly. We'll talk about it more in the after show. I want details. But you also had something very exciting this week. You went to your movie premiere. I did. I did. It was two nights ago. Um, but it feels like it's still happening because <laughs> the amount of love and support that I have received via text message has been incredible. If you guys can see my place right now, I feel like a celebrity. I have like six bouquets of flowers. Yeah. I've never had that in my whole life. And if I talk too much about it, I'll start crying. But it was really cool. Uh, the The movie was always Lola. You remember DJ last summer? I went to go shoot in Ohio for several weeks. I did not remember it was last. This was one of those situations when you said the premiere was happening. I was like, wait, when time? When? Yeah. What? When? <laughs> crazy, yeah. super crazy. Um, and I think that the the team behind the movie wanted everybody to be able to go to the premiere locally so they submitted to an awesome festival called marina del rey which is just like right around the corner from us it was accepted and we all were able to go or the the core cast and even some of the crew flew in from ohio and and uh some of the day players and stuff and it was really cool to see everybody we packed this we packed the house so sorry, this is not very COVID friendly and definitely not fire friendly. And I can't believe that they actually let us do this, but they oversold tickets to such an extent. And that's the festival's fault yeah. that every seat, every stair, the rafter wow. like, was completely jammed. It was cool. so cool. Uh, we got a standing ovation afterwards. We did a Q and a, this is my favorite part of the entire experience was the movie went really well. And then they did a Q and a afterwards and um, I didn't speak in it because a lot of the other people were, were speaking about me and like little things I did on set to make their experience better. Like I did some handwritten notes for people to try to get them in character before or made mixtapes for people. And it was like just so um, people were so kind about that. And I felt helpful and um it was great. You know, I, I, I like to feel helpful. So it was really, really cool. And people liked it and they liked me. So That's awesome. it, it went great. I was, I'm stoked. You're, you're obviously just at the beginning of your festival circuit. Do you know when an opportunity, when the, when the kids at home might be able to see this movie? Right. That's the question of the hour, DJ. Okay. Yeah, I figured. Um, I figured. Actually, this hour, we have a lot of different other questions. Oh, yeah. So many. Um, but it's a question of an hour. Mm-hmm. It, I have no idea yet. Here's what I'm guessing. And obviously, I think that because, same as you, DJ, most of the projects I work on, I'm the producer, I'm the writer, I'm the, I'm the, I'm all the things. Yeah. So I have a lot of information on this project. I was cast as an actress, so mm-hmm. I don't ha- I don't have the things. You're I not do. privy I to the know. things. But what I think is that they are going to make a festival run. I think that they're going to submit to some other festivals. If I had to guess, we shot in Ohio, so typically you'll submit to festivals where you shot or um, just other local festivals or whatever festival they see fit. And I know that they're working currently with uh, – they hired a – Insert job title here that I'm not sure about. Distributor <laughs> yeah. man? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, I say man because I I think his name's Brian, mm-hmm. but or something like that. Yeah. Bob, Bill, whatever it was, uh, a distributor person, and that person then tries to package and I think sell the movie to either a production company or a service. Uh, and then when that happens, people at home will be able to see it. I feel ninety nine percent confident that at some point this will be on a service that people wherever they are can sit and click play on um when that's going to happen i have no idea cool 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 we'll keep you updated everybody stay tuned uh we will let you know before we get any farther in the episode uh of course please give us a five star review on itunes we love it please and thank you um write a review i'll read it on the show no matter what you write as long as you give us five stars uh if you listen on spotify we ask a question every week last week's questions was what Toy Story spinoff, would you like to see? Christopher Chow says, Mr. Potato Head, make it a a queer trans coming out story of them uh, coming out as non-binary, the non-binary Potato Head. Um, Yeshu Wazalewski, I'm going to say Rex or Slinky. Um, Rex, uh, because uh, give Pixar another shot at a dino movie, and Slinky because Pixar seems to uh, thrive with ideas that seem different and out there. And Ray Alvarez comes in with the correct answer. I didn't know until I read Ray's response that that was the correct answer, but it is the correct answer. Before I give the correct answer, uh, I want to know uh, from you all, Kat, we'll start with you. Uh, we just got Lightyear. If you were to give another Toy Story character a spinoff, who would it be? Oof. I still need to see Lightyear because I need to see the kids. I liked it. Um, I liked it. I know it's getting a little bit of, little bit of flack. I enjoyed it. I'm what a little is, behind what on is my happening movies. in this late year? I don't even know this drama. No, it's not. Well, I mean, there's the invented culture war drama. That's what I'm talking about. It's just a lot. It just seems that people are bummed on it because it's not. They're not crying like other Pixar movies, and it's like, yeah, I get. But like, even a like we oh, talked I you about said even the a, kiss. No, no, no. So no there, there is stuff with the kiss, but I, you know, that's again, that's cultural bull- bullshit. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to see the movie at some point. I also like Ron Tomatoes. I mean, not that you have to listen to Ron Tomatoes at all, but you know, sometimes I'll look to see, oh, you know what our critics thinking. Yeah. I know it's like a 70 or something. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm a little behind, like a week behind on some movies because I want to go see Elvis. I want to Black Telephone. I was going to see yesterday. I didn't get to see it, but I was like, all right, I'll go see it this week. But anyways, mm-hmm. answering your question, yeah. um, I probably would want to see Bo Peep because she was a rock star in that last Toy Story. Yes. So I think that'd be cool yes i i love that i love that idea roxy toy story character to get a spin i was so worried you were gonna ask me the same question <laughs> dj and immediately i thought i don't i cannot even think of other than like uh, mr potato head i yeah. mean there you could do some like hysterical little short film i cannot think of a single toy story character where i'm like what is like slinky what are we gonna do yeah what are we gonna maybe do? maybe jesse like, yeah, I know. Last yeah. time I said Jesse, uh, but I thought because I thought Andy and Jesse came from the same place, maybe we could do like a Andy and Jesse, both of them, but then they didn't know each other. Yeah. So it's already problematic, DJ, yeah, when I'm trying I know. to lay it out of my head. Yeah. Not the bad kind of problematic, the kind of problematic where you just literally don't know yeah. what yeah, yeah, yeah. What to do. Um, so, I, yeah, I love I love Bo Peep in the last one, too. I think that was a great answer. Um, maybe one of like a more villainous character that'd be funny yeah they do have how a few, they got so hardened yeah, we do have a few how about barbie films. and ken that'd be good i mean we're getting oh, we that got movie. a barbie movie that's all oh, that i'm so excited for that barbie it's so <laughs> the just the, it's so demented like it's just so like like because when you look at it um 
it looks like a Barbie movie. And then it's like Greta Gerwig's directing. It's like, what is this movie? It's like, it's like if we got that fabled Quentin Tarantino Star Trek movie. Like, it feels not real to me. <laughs> Are you seeing all of the memes of of Ryan Gosling as Ken and then as some any of his other characters, essentially? I've seen like, like one or two. I've seen one or two. Pre-breakup, post-breakup, <laughs> pre-pandemic, <laughs> post-pandemic. Like everybody who's writing about it, every single one of those has made me laugh. What, the like, one thing, every single one. Obviously, I I feel like it's safe to say I'm not the target demographic for a Barbie movie. But one thing I appreciate that makes me like attention to details there is I love in that picture with Ryan Gosling as Ken that they have his arm cocked at the Ken angle. Like I think his hand is in his pocket. Yes. But it's like, yeah, it's the Ken. That's Ken's arms. That's what they do. I love it. <laughs> DJ, here's why you might be the target audience because Simu Liu said this is the best script he ever read. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? What actors that say that mean? shit all the about? time. Actors say that shit all the fucking time. <laughs> yeah, but Simu's new to the game in a way, not brand new to the game, but yeah. new to the game in a way that I don't feel like he's playing. I don't feel like Simu's out here being like, best script I ever read Do we about random things. know who he is in the movie? I think he's what? another Ken. Yeah. I think there's yeah. like multiple versions of Ken. Love it. Oh my God. Please and thank you. And then this leads me to questions. Is is Margot Robbie's Barbie aware that she is a Barbie? What I, I, I need to know. I need to know. Um, anyway. Then you need to see it. I, no, I'm going to. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm not going to see it. Because especially we talked about Miss Marvel a little bit. Theoretically, hypothetically, I'm not the target demographic for Miss Marvel either. And I think it's amazing. Like I think that show is really, really great. Um but here, going back to our question, what, story, what Toy Story spinoff would you like to see? I think Ray Alvarez, other than Bo Peep, Ray Alvarez gave the correct answer, which is maybe Duke Kaboom. So we're in an Evil Knievel movie with some humor. And I yes, like that. I co-signed that. More Duke Kaboom. Please and thank Keanu you. Keanu Reeves? <laughs> yes? Yeah. No? Yep. Yeah, yes, that's, yeah. That was Keanu Reeves in, uh, in, in Toy Story 4. Oh, man. Um, also... Please go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers. Over there, uh, Roxy and I do a show called What We're Into, where we talk about all the things that we can't fit into this show. We're going to be talking about Herogasm. Oh, my God. I'm finally glad people saw it. Um, I figure. So that's the one you've been talking about. Yeah, but I also didn't want to say – I didn't want to say for a couple reasons. I didn't want to hype people up. And I also thought people would think like, oh, because of Herogasm. Actually, no. Like Herogasm barely – blips the radar for me on that show it's everything else in that episode like that episode feels like the climax of so much of what the show's been working towards um in a lot of ways that it just anyway we'll talk about it in the in yeah what i can't wait i was shocked by the ending which was probably the least shocking part of the episode but shocked by it so but there's so many shocking th- so many yeah. things that the show has been teasing out that like you're getting it now um god damn it the scene with the, the Herogasm didn't shock me. You know what shocked me? Uh, the bit with A Train. That yeah, whole yeah, thing was like, yeah. oh my God. Oh my God. Anyway. The way they showed us that was Ooh, baby. something I'll, I am unfortunately going to think about when I go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. It'll haunt you. Um, Add it to my list of things that I never want to happen ever. Yeah. Please don't. <laughs> I don't live in a world with a speedster, but if I did, please don't <laughs> let that happen. Um, also, I do a show with Sal from Comic Pop where we're going through all the Spider-Man movies and shows. We are currently in Spider-Man the Animated Series. And uh, we just wrapped up uh, Alien Costume Part 1. So we're going to be doing t- Parts 2 and 3. So that's very exciting. Um, and of course, 
I will be totally remiss if I didn't mention that my Kickstarter, Hellbent, is ongoing. If you go to hellbentcomicbook.com, uh, we're doing really well. We passed Roxy last week. We had just, uh, we were first just goal. hit going towards our first stretch goal. We hit it, so we have more pages. So now we are working on our second stretch goal, which uh, all of our physical reward tiers come with a sticker. That sticker will now be glow in the dark if we hit our second stretch goal. And we are we are within spitting distance of our second stretch goal. I think I did the math, and if we get like, like 20-ish people to grab either the um, collection of volumes one and two, the print collection of both volumes, or the collector's edition will have hit our our second stretch goal, and I'm excited to reveal our third one. Um, so I want to thank everybody that's checking that out, hellbentcomicbook.com. And if a sticker doesn't glow in the dark, is it even a sticker? Is it even a sticker? We don't know. Oh, man, I'm so, I'm so excited to, to hit that stretch goal. And I yeah, I just... Thanks to everybody that's back in it. And that is going to be my segue into Cat's Kickstarter. But first, ad breaks. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, we're back. And Kat, you're, I, I think, I feel like it's safe to say that you're a Kickstarter expert. Do you feel like that's you know, safe for me? I, I, I think so. It's so okay. hard to, to use such a big, strong word, yeah. but I think so. I'm going to, you know what? I won't be humble. Yeah, I say yeah. I'm a Kickstarter exactly. expert. Exactly. Listen, we live, on, <laughs> we live on the internet. There's no half measures. You either love something, you hate something. You either know nothing, you're an expert, you're an expert. You got your comic on there right now by visibility. This is this is the second by visibility anthology. Yes, very cool. Yes, very this cool. is the second one. It, tell us about it. I li- I'm looking. I literally just pulled up the page, and your number went up. You just you're already just you're getting that OSA bump immediately. <laughs> I'm I'm so happy yeah. to see how well it's been doing. Um, yeah. So by visibility volume one, um, I did not know how well it was going to do. I remember. I was talking to my writing partner and I was just like, yeah, I might do this anthology for about bisexuality, but like that's down the line. It's a lot of work to put an anthology uh, together. I, at that point I hadn't even been in an anthology and I hadn't, you know, ed- did any editing for an anthology. So I'm like, ah, oh, that's down the line. And then I was talking to a couple other friends that does Kickstarters and I was, and does some publishing and comics. And they're like, 
yeah, so why are you saying sometime you're going to do this? Why are you not doing it now? I was like, yeah, why am I waiting? Let's just yeah. do this thing. And then, you know, we put an open submissions out and people responded. And we, we kept it a little smaller just because you're like, again, hadn't done an anthology. So I was like, I don't know how well this is going to do. I don't know how it's going to do on Kickstarter. I was like, I have a feeling it could do well, but you never know. So uh, we made it like 44 pages. So it was like, you know, a little bigger. Yeah. It's double sized like a Marvel book. So we we had nine stories in there blew up it, it really is what made me a kickstarter expert mm-hmm. is this book um so it had 1300 backers uh, about thirty thousand dollars and uh then we're like yeah of course we're gonna do another one because i feel like we didn't have an opportunity to tell everyone's voice and there's so many different stories you can tell about bisexuality i think it's just so diverse and they're you know we just again wanted different voices we had a lot of female voices in uh the first story uh this time we have a lot more male voices oh. uh, we have a trans story so very cool um, um, actually our assistant editor is trans as well. So uh, yeah, just a lot more voices in this one. And we're able to make it about a hundred pages just because we did so well for the first one. And we were able to make our budget a lot higher. Our first one was $10,000. We made this 25,000, which is exactly what we need for like shipping and stuff like that. My yeah. um, writing partner is also an accountant by day. So That's we know helpful. the numbers. That's how much helpful. We need. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. So helpful. <laughs> um, I picked the right writing partner. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's an accountant. So we like literally every number we needed to really shipping, printing, all that stuff. We're like, this is how much we need. So, um, yeah, this volume I'm super proud of. We launched it on Tuesday. So uh, normally we'd launch on Monday, but it was a holiday. So we launched on a Tuesday and uh, yeah, we we were doing well. It's but I, I was telling DJ, it's it's so hard to determine how well you're going to do because the first day you're always going to have people that just, you know, like your content. Yeah. Um, so it's like, all right, are we going to do well throughout? And luckily now we're getting to the weekend. That's usually when things start to slow down. We're mm-hmm. still, we're still getting backers and we're still in a good speed of backers. Like uh, I would say a good speed for, you know, a uh, by visibility book is like a couple every hour. Um, and we're still doing that, which is really yeah. nice. And, um, and we still haven't pulled all our tricks. And I think that's kind of a, something you have to do with Kickstarter is not pull all your tricks in one day. So we, we still have uh, our backer kit emails that we're going to send out. We only updated, I think, two campaigns say, Hey, this is live. Yeah. So uh, we still have a lot of tricks up our sleeve as well, which makes me feel confident and nice about this Kickstarter. And what's nice about an anthology is that you have so many people sharing it. So, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, it's not just you, it's a, it's a team. And I do a lot of other comics where it's just like five of us and you know, you're pushing it is a little differently. So, yeah. Yeah, just super proud of this book and I'm glad it's doing well and I and I'm so happy for what it represents and you know, I think it's definitely a topic that we don't see enough on Kickstarter or media at all. Yeah, absolutely and and it's cool to be doing this obviously um during uh Pride and it's also cool with books like this like I know with um my comic Hellbent, uh, I co-wrote it with a good friend of mine, Jaina, who's trans. The uh, lead protagonist is a trans woman. And so it was important for us to uh, get uh, female artists, trans artists, queer artists from all different, not the typical uh, uh, t- uh, comic book team of a bunch of white dudes. Uh, um, just so if for no other reason that it be authentic. Uh, what was your experience because I know for us, it, not that the talent was not out there, but because the the there's just in this interest, there's just so many many much there's so much more white guys in there. Uh, going finding where that talent was was a little bit um, uh, trickier. How was how was your experience getting this this group of creators together? 
Um, I think it's just like a mosh posh of different things. So that I would love to say it was just a submission form, but it wasn't. Like yeah. after we had the submission form, we went to certain creators that we really liked. Like I had, uh, you know, um, Pat Chan, who's done a lot of stuff within queer comics and on Kickstarter. I was like, oh, cool. I'll talk to him. And I know um, his wife also writes comics. So I was like, I'll talk to her. Yeah. So um, and also just some of our artists, we have like Lisa Searle, um, yeah. um, Christiana, I actually do think actually went through the submission form. Um, but Kendall Good, uh, some of these people, I, I just went and said, hey, are you interested in doing this? Especially the artists. Like I just had people on my list. I was like, oh, these are people I really like. Yeah. Um, and from the diverse uh, voices, I mean, I'm just lucky one of my my writing partners, uh, sibling is the assistant editor and and is uh, trans so I was just like lucky I have a friend a really good friend in my life that has that perspective and yeah. I was like and just graduated I was like do you want to do this I know you like want to get into publishing and stuff and just like kind of lined up perfectly um because I really wanted desperately just different voices on this and yeah. uh and then I had somebody I went to my master's class with um who actually did apply, but also just loved his voice. And, you know, it was from a, a, a black perspective. And I was like, yeah. I just wanted all different types of voices. And again, some of the stars didn't line up on this one, luckily enough, but there were some hunting you had to go through as well. Um, so I think it's just a mosh posh of both of them. Well, you talk I- about your hesitancy at the beginning mm-hmm. to do it now that you uh, were convinced by supporters and friends, like, okay, maybe now is the time when you're looking back on that, are you thinking like, okay, they were right. It was the time I should maybe start thinking about other things that I've been dragging my feetsies on or how does that make you feel? Oh, 100%. I think a lot of times where I'm like, oh, it was someday. I remember I just wasn't out on the internet. So that was another thing. So I was like, oh, I got to go come out on the internet, which wasn't like a huge deal, but it's a, you know, it's a post you have to make. So I was like, oh, I have to do that. But then also, yeah, it's just like, I was like, oh, I have so many other projects. Why is this the one? But I, now when I have an idea, I'm like, no, this is what I'm going to do. I have another queer story I've done because of by visibility. And we have, I think, close to 40,000 subscribers and, and we just hit our, our year anniversary and it's doing really well. Um, we're actually going to like be talking with Webtoon in like a week or so. Uh, so it's like, it's been crazy roller coaster because that one moment is like, oh, like I should do this. And I feel like every opportunity that has come in the past year is because of by visibility um, being part of the Kickstarter advisory council, 100% because of by visibility. And then we're going to have a hair anthology. So we're going to uh, in July, we're going to open submissions for this, where it's going to be about people's perspectives of hair and like their relationship with hair um so i don't know if i would have done that um a year ago because of like oh i could do that later but i've always had a relationship with my hair because i've had curly hair i'm like i'm sure other people do too if you're trans or if you've had cancer or you yeah. know men balding whatever i just think there's so many stories to be told there i'm like oh that's a cool anthology i've never seen before maybe could people could dig deeper and my house phone's ringing <laughs> um but uh yeah house so that- phone. <laughs> I know. Hey, it makes the it makes the um the cable cable bill and the uh the internet cheaper if you get all three of them together. Yeah, they so, so they so it. they want you to have it so desperately. They're like, but if people you... use it, they call your house. No, phone? just the spam. Yep. Every single time spam calls, like every three hours, you're mm-hmm. like, here's spam. And it literally says spam on the ID. Yeah. <laughs> it just drives me nuts now thinking about a house phone because they know where you are. <laughs> if you call my cell phone, you, know you don't know. I mean, I know your address right now. Roxy, like. <laughs> I mean, I hate to do this. I think somebody knows. I think they don't tell. Don't tell. No, no, I can't hear you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like when people are freaking out, like the vaccine's going to put a chip in you. Like, my dude, they don't even need to do that, my guy. <laughs> you're, over, you're overthinking things so much. Um, 
Very, very cool. Uh, uh, I just scrolling through the page. I put a link in the, the chat today. There will be a link in the description. Go check it out. A lot of incredible creators on here, and I and I really love just allowing uh, more opportunities to tell different types of stories. And just scrolling through this, it just looks like because Cat, you're a writer. I'm a writer. Obviously, we love writing. Writing is important. But comics live or die off the art. Like that's just the tr- that's just, that's just the fact. One hundred percent. A comic does not exist without art. It does not exist without art. And it's not just like the the illustrator. It's the if your colors is not good, you're sunk. If your lettering's not good, you're sunk. Like it's it, top to bottom, um, the art just matters. And so scrolling through here, you've got so many great creators. This looks really incredible. Go support it. Support indie comics. Support queer comics. Support diversity in comics because. Not just because it's the right thing to do, it is. But for your own benefit, you'll get more stories from different perspectives. If you're sitting there going like, wow, man, I've seen a million of this type of thing. That's one of the beauties of Miss Marvel uh, or and shows like Miss Marvel is that not only is it the classic coming-of-age superhero stories that we've gotten a lot of, but it's from a different background, a different perspective, and even from at least a different background for me um, uh, because I, I grew up Baptist, um, but I did grow up in a conservative religious community, so I do see a little bit of myself in Kamala's story. Uh, and that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. It benefits all of us. Um, um, and just uh, not for nothing, but that's the negative stuff impacts us too. So let's, let's in a hypothetical world, Supreme Court passes, uh, passes a law or turns down a law that you're like, well, that doesn't impact me. It will. It will. Um, anyway. Enough of that um, for now. Um, let's go into, we're going to be talking. I wish li- that's how it worked. Enough of that. <laughs> for real. God, <laughs> fucking damn it. Um, Cause I don't, I don't know what to do. Uh, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know. Enough what to of do. that. Um, we, we said it. Yeah. No, enough of that. I just, and, and I will, you know what? I will say this. I know there's a lot of, of people on the internet space that will be like, oh, don't get political. Don't get political. Everything's political now. I'm sorry. They made pol- politics entertainment. It's all part of our lives now. Where reality star was president, we're we're through the looking glass. It's the, I don't want to talk about this shit either. All right. So if you just left us alone, we wouldn't talk about it. But specifically, when it comes to stuff like bi visibility or like hellbent or even stuff like the boys, um, acknowledging that queer people exist or are people of different belief systems or different backgrounds exist is not inherently political that's just reality that's just a fact you're politicizing it it's not political it's just a fact and also uh the boys even the original comic that is was political it's always political all your favorite comics are political they just are (laughs) also you always have the choice as a viewer or listener or subscriber to not yes you know you like artists can do whatever they want to do Mm -hmm. and then you can watch listen subscribe or not no roxy we need to pass laws so people live their lives the way we want them to that's what freedom means i I even saw yesterday i think or this week um that what are the what are the the jewels are banned now you know the 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 crazy things and i was thinking like what an interesting world. Uh, not that I obviously I didn't even know the name of it. So not yeah. that I used Jewel, but what an interesting world that we live in where we're like, ban, ban the, yeah. we ban, we're banning that. It's like, Oprah, you get a ban and you get a ban. <laughs> and it's like, huh, what a weird world. Like, and I'm, 
I'm using that specifically because I think that's the least political of all the things I can use because yeah. that's not a, a one side or the other. It's just an interesting fact of our planet right now, especially and, this country where we're like, we don't like that. So ban. And also, but I, from oh. what I heard, not other vape pens. So it's like, what are we doing? Yeah. What are we, what are we even pretending to do right now? Yeah. I'm not even commenting on it other than saying, that's weird. That's weird. <laughs> let's uh, let's um. Speaking of weird stuff, uh, let's transition to news. We like to talk about news, and we we need to we need to touch base with one of our recurring characters on the show at this point of all our lives. Let's say uh, they are yeah they are the main character of Twitter for months now. Um, I, I literally I texted Roxy yesterday. We touch base uh, the day before we film to figure out what we're going to talk about. I'm like I don't have anything for news, and in the back of my brain. I was like, weird. There's no. We're finally, week where we're not going to talk about Ezra Miller, and it's it's like they heard me. <laughs> it's like they they heard, and we got a report. I read it at Rolling Stone. I don't know if they're the ones that dropped it. Oh, fuck. Um, the, the the title of that Rolling Stones article. Oh, let's let's pull it up. Let's pull it up. I don't have it oh, in front of me right guns, now. Guns, bullets, and weed. Ezra Miller housing three young children and their mother at Vermont farm. That's crazy. You read that and you're like, what are we doing? it has to be the onion. What Cannot be what guns, bullets, and weed. Like, first of all, I just stop, stop, stop with the weed. Stop with the weed, bro. Stop yeah. with the weed. Not no, stop. No. Not stop. Roxy, he weed. has two. He has stop. more than two plants. And according oh, to, let's pull God. up Vermont. Let's pull up Vermont Ma. Hold on. World, <laughs> stop clumping weed in. Do the weed. Helps with the other things. I, I take it out of your title. Yeah. So annoying. How is no effect on anything else? You're you're just being trolls. But fine. Guns, bullets, and weed. Ezra Miller housing three young children and their mother. What's happening? What's happening? And I thought we couldn't find Ezra. And now they are housing. Now we have found. Like, what has Ezra's life been for the last ten years? I need. Well, I need details. What's happened? And that's and that's kind of the, the impression you get. So a lot of this article is apparently, um, and this is actually connected to the Hawaii story. Apparently, there was a there was a woman in Hawaii who was part of an abusive relationship. Then I guess Ezra flew to their compound in Vermont, where apparently, according to the story, there's just guns lying around. Uh, uh, one of the child put uh, a live round in their mouth. Um, you're like talking just, about the one-year-old baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's my understanding of the uh, of the story, and it's one of the. So a, a couple thoughts when I was reading this. One, it, to your point just now, it's like this is this is just a peer. Like this isn't just ha- this has been this has clearly been going on for a while, and people have known somebody somebody Somebody's has known <laughs> for sure, and decided to keep that information to themselves. Cool. <laughs> Thank you for that. I wonder what Act Three of this saga is going to be because I, I feel we, like this is Act Two. Are we in Act Two? Is this the? Is this the? That kind of I, that almost feels optimistic to me, Cat. Like like when we look at our government, I'm like, oh, well, yeah, this is Act One. This is as bad as we. This is the Act Two to Act Three where we all rally and get things back on track, right? And it's always like, no, but there's no bottom. You're not gonna. This isn't a movie. You're not gonna have bottom. Um, but uh, the other thing that stood out to me is is. Like the previous story, where it it seemed like the parents were the parents that were filing whatever against Ezra were misgendering uh, their child uh, and stuff like that. Where with this husband, that 
the stuff you hear about the husband and stuff like that, it's like, oh, like, again, I have no problem believing that bad parts about Ezra in this. Ezra is a problem. I think we've established Ezra's a problem. But that doesn't let this guy off the hook. Like, he might be abusive. Like, looking at it, it's like, this might be an abusive, and I don't blame the mom for not wanting to be in contact with that. Per- this It just might be messy from top to bottom. There might not be good guys in this story is what I'm getting at. Who, who could be the good guy? Uh, well, I, I think the the parents in the the previous story and the the father in this story are trying to present themselves as the victims of Ezra's wild and out, and it's like, yeah, I'm not sure you all are blameless in this. I don't know. I haven't met you in the Takata yeah. story and in the Massachusetts story. Yeah. Uh, well, then the Mass the Massachusetts story is uh, that. They might just be victims. They might that actually might be, but like it's just because of the way. Is that the one with the actual underage twelve year old currently being yes. groomed? The, well, and the, it's not. The they claim. said it was like the my impression of the story was just a part, and that's the other. I don't and know. This if, happened all in like two weeks, right? This is yeah. This is all stories within the last two weeks. Kind yeah. of like crazy. So, timeline wise, twenty twenty Ezra choke slams the girl to the ground yes. on video that we saw. That was in Iceland, twenty twenty. Yeah. Then March. 2022 was the first arrest in Hawaii. Um, and right around that time, between that and the second arrest in Hawaii was the Instagram Mad Goose Wizard video God, about the KKK. God and, damn it. and then the... You know what you did. Yeah. Um, okay. That's what we need to do. We need to trap Ezra Miller and we need to release them like a rabid animal on the Supreme Court. We just need to like unleash right. them. <laughs> the reason that I bring even up that video is because now with all of these other stories about Takata and about the Massachusetts story and now about this Vermont home, when Ezra put out the video of you know what you did, this very specific sector of the KKK yeah. in North Carolina, now I'm like, what happened yeah how does that connect that's a good because they're, they're stockpiling guns right like now that we're hearing about guns and yeah. grooming and um takata being covered in bruises and like what's actually been going down over the last 10 years and is there a through line here that we are still not picking up on well and i think it's the the it, this would not be the first celebrity person to try to like create a little cult for themselves right um true and, and and so yeah and I and I, but I do wonder with the articles and I think maybe this is this is my instinct based on some of the right wing reactions to this um, that I do wonder like obviously it's bad obviously Ezra Miller's uh, a problem and we need to they need to go to rehab something we need to do something about Ezra <clears throat> but I wonder how much of it is being escalated by a news media that's like excited to like ooh. This non-binary actor is got these, and he's got weed. Oh my god, weed! And it's like, okay, fucking calm down. (laughs) But how many people, DJ, do you think? And obviously, percentage-wise, as much as we can, are like us, where we can pick through the shit. You know, you're reading an article, and you can distinguish between an issue with Ezra giving a child LSD mm-hmm. versus Ezra having a weed plant. You know, how many people out there think those are the same thing? And how many people out there are like, no, no, those are two drastically different things. And if one of them is true with the weed plant, not a problem. Giving a 12-year-old LSD, definite problem. Like, do you think that people 
most people think what we're talking about, which is like one of those things doesn't matter. One is crazy or most people like drugs are drugs. This is all an issue. No, I think most people, uh, I, I think the inter- we're, we're not trained culturally to be that nuanced in our, in our, um, uh, analysis of stuff. And I think that's part of why I think I find the coverage of this problematic because, because it does conflate, like, that's why they put the, the weed stuff in there, right? Like, yeah, yeah. who gives a shit about the Vermont law? Who cares? Like, I mean, Vermont police probably do, but I don't. But but it does. But to them, it establishes a pattern. And by them, I mean the writers of these articles. It establishes a pattern of delinquency, and um, and 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 I do. And that's and again, I think that's part of my concern about like the ravenous way we're we're covering it because I do think it allows. Uh, more conservative sectors of our discourse um, an excuse to be like, see, we're right about uh, queer people and what they're doing. Um, And I think the impression I have been, we like to think the conservatives are over here and the liberals are over here and the liberals are on our side. And I think what we're seeing increasingly is that that's not necessarily the case. Like Rolling Stone might not is not, might not reflect your values as much as you think it is as much as you, as you would like to think it does. Um, uh, and so the long answer to your question of saying, uh, no, I think in most people's brains, those are the same thing. Oof. And when it comes to Rolling Stone, I, I'm curious who made the headline. Was it the writer yeah. or was it the editor? Because yeah. usually it's the editor. Yeah. So that's a bigger thing about Rolling Stone than just the one writer who wrote something. Yeah. Yeah. Hey! That's a good question. It's a, it's, a, it's such a fair question because to me, the headline, the, the craziest part about this was that a one-year-old baby had a bullet in their mouth. Mm-hmm. That's a cool and- baby. That's, that's a cool, that's a cool baby. That, that's a, a baby who has stories for yeah. when eventually they're sitting around the bar with their friends. I that's mean, like an origin story for a Clint Eastwood character. Like when I was one years old, I had a live round in my mouth. Oh and my then, God, like, for sure. When we were watching that movie, everybody would pause and be like, what? Yeah. How do you remember that's like, that? That can't be real. <laughs> yeah. That can't be real. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this person's a liar. This person's a liar. Yeah. So for sure, like there's so many parts of this, there's so many parts of the story that are mind blowing. Yeah. Like any other part of the story, but the weed part of the story is like, I genuinely think that you have to be, you have to be so out of touch with what is happening here to think that the issue is weed. Well, yeah. What are we talking about? And you, and you, and, and as somebody that grew up in a more conservative background, you are i mean it kind of depends but like you're indoctrinated to treat all that stuff the same um and so that's well, just so part schedule of your, one drug yeah so that's that's how the government views it and you don't think about you're not taught to think about the way that that uh aligns with institutional racism and that also like right um and it's part of the issue that we're we're dealing with now with the news as of this recording because I, I can tell you as somebody that's raised in the, in the community, if you are raised to believe that a life begins at conception, the argument that a woman has choice over that sounds, cra- that sounds crazy to you because you're, that's, that's like saying, well, it's my kid, so it's okay if I can push them down the stairs because it's my house. That's what it sounds like because you believe 
you're trained to believe that a life begins at conception. And that's why this is such a wedge issue because to a certain sec to a certain group of the country it now it sounds like the other group's advocating for murder and so now you can say anything you want about the opposition side cuz they're advocating for murder it doesn't matter that that's not true it doesn't matter that the bible doesn't care about that or talk about yeah. that it doesn't matter that it's not scientifically accurate none of that matters because again weed is a schedule one you know what i mean it's like you're you're taught like it's the it's no, the you're reality you're absolutely right that's why people like you know, that's how people believe that the earth is flat. Like, mm-hmm. God fucking world. damn it. We can't convince people that the world's not flat. It's not flat. Right. Like, it, it, it's 2022. What the fuck? <laughs> so we crazy. can see it from space. <laughs> I kind of want, like, if you are a flat earther, anybody, I just, like, want you to start walking. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> walk like that should be the, if you want to believe that, then I think you need to dedicate the next 50 years of your life to walking. Yeah. And t- and just talk to me about how that goes for and, you. And this is completely hyperbolic and I'm getting into internet language here, but it's, but like my brain sometimes goes to, can we just all give them a state? And, and like, I think of like Texas or Florida, not that there are not liberals there. There are more liberals in Texas. There are people in certain States just because of tech, how big Texas is, but like, just give them, listen, all this will give you that you do whatever you want. You want to believe the earth is flat. Fine. You don't want abortion in this state. Fine. Everybody doesn't feel that way. Come out to literally any other state. Let, give you, you do whatever you do. You, everybody that that's feels their, this way. That's their choice. Right? Yeah. You they, do they you. Choice. <laughs> yeah. You do you in that state. And we will let choice. you be and we'll see how it turns out. Okay. We'll see. The one rule is y'all don't get nukes. And I feel like that's how this whole plan falls apart. Like, well, no, we need nukes. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, listen, you don't get nukes. <laughs> yeah. We've made the decision here but back to the back to the ezra stuff sorry we're off the rails (laughs) what because we are an entertainment news show first and foremost what 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 does this mean for us um well interesting we uh, the there was reports last week i think um that that one of these days one of these days um, last few years where warner brothers was finally like I should have pulled this up too. I don't have it in front of me. It was finally like, uh, listen, no more Ezra after the, after the impression I was given was after the flash movie. Although I did pull a tweet here from Mark Bernardine, who I think made a solid point. Um, I said this on the most recent Fat Man Beyond. Warner Bros. needs to spend the money and recast and reshoot. Yes, it will cost them another seventy-five to one hundred million, but the film they currently have is likely unreleasable, definitely unpromotable. And I know we've talked a lot about this, Roxy. Has this? What do you think? Are they? Are, what are? They, what are they going to do? So when we say words like unreleasable and unpromotable, okay? Yeah. The unreleasable part is not factual anything's releasable yeah if you are a big studio you know it is releasable um now whether or not people would see it is an interesting question here because to be honest with you guys and i don't know if this says positive things about me i think it probably says negative things about me if warner brothers releases a flash movie with ezra miller in it i will see it yeah I think because it's a flash and because it's it's so hard because like it's it's such a difficult question of art in person. Right. But it's like, yeah, it's the flash. You're probably going to go see it because you want to see where the next DC movies are going, whatever. It, yeah, but, I'm a DC yeah. diehard. That's that exactly. That's me. And so but at the same time, if there was an indie movie with Mel Gibson in it, I would not see it. 
So I'm not sitting here and advocating for anybody to do anything other than what feels right for them. But I feel like when we talk about unreleasable, I think most people, and I, I, I don't know this to be fact, but I think most people would probably still go see The Flash. But because of the second part of that sentence, that it's unpromotable, not as many people would know that The Flash was even coming out. Yeah. Because you can't do billboards with Ezra's face on it. You don't even know, even if this wasn't going on, are you confident that they would show up for promotion? (laughs) Right. You can't can't put Ezra on a carpet, obviously, right now. You can't do a press junket. I mean, you can't. Although it would be hilarious to see them like running down the red carpet with every, with all his little entourages the cops are chasing behind them. Like, there's just no world in which you can do any promo with Ezra for the Flash movie at all. Not, not um, visually, not like nothing. You can't do anything. So how do you promote them this movie? And therefore less people will see it because it, it won't, isn't promotable. It's not that I think if they did promote it, less people would see it. It's that they can't promote it. So less people will see it. So I'm with the person who tweeted that. Did you say Mark tweeted this? Yeah. I'm with Mark on this one because if it costs you a hundred million more to re- do reshoots with say Dylan O'Brien, who I feel like is the most popular name right now or Grant Gustin or mm-hmm. whatever it is you decide to do. Um, I think you could get a little more creative and have a little more fun with casting on this one, but fine. Those are the two names that keep popping up. Yeah. Uh, then you're still going to make money. You're still a flash movie. Yeah. You're very likely going to make $900 million on this movie. So say it goes from costing 200 million to 300 million. Oh, boo-hoo, Warner Brothers. Woe is you guys that you lost, that you only made $500 million on a movie instead of $600 million on a movie or whatever the figures end up being. Like, that. fine. Yeah, exactly. And and you and I say that because that makes common sense to us. But we're not the shareholders, Roxy. No, no, we're not. (laughs) We're not the shareholders. And we don't care so much about, the shareholders don't care as much about common sense. Based on, I don't know, I've never been a shareholder, but the impression I've been given... (laughs) Um, cool. Well, you know what? We'll I'll keep updating on the story because it will go on until the heat death of the universe. Um, let's do another quick ad break and we'll be right back. All right, we are back. And before we go, I want to spend a little bit more time. We were talking about it for, uh, uh, cats comic by visibility, but um, Kat, before I let you go, we have a question here from Leonard Kim. Ready. What are Kat's thoughts on the queer representation we've seen in comic shows and movies Ooh. up to this point? That is this- such a nuanced question. Mm-hmm. That is such a good question. I'll start with like the TV shows and stuff like that, and I'll go to comics. I think in TV, we are we are in a better spot with representation. Agreed. I mean, we have like stuff like Heartstoppers, and um, I mean, we had Runaways. That was a great show with yeah. some queer representation too. Um, I hope to see you know even bigger studios do things. Uh, you know, hopefully Disney listens a little bit and uh, listens to their their staff and starts uh, doing some more queer representations. I think that's, you know, such a big mogul that needs to start doing things. But yeah, I think queer representation is better on television and I hope it gets even better as we go along. Comics, I think it's, it's good, but the reactions are where you're at, where it's like, oh my God, it's such a, 
a black hole when it comes to that sometimes. And I, I won't say it's perfect. You know, I think like uh, I've, I've been enjoying like Tim Drake's bisexual journey, but then it's like, I don't get enough pages with him. He only had those short stories, but he's getting an ongoing book. So I'm very happy to Good. see that step. Tim's my and then um, oh, I love Tim. Tim I love Drake's that, my favorite that Robin. journey. Yeah. He's my favorite Robin. Me too. Me too. And I love that journey for him. Um, and then like Superboy or Superman, yeah. John Kent. Yeah. Um, I love the idea that he's queer and bi, but I don't think the comic has done that much with it. They're like, they had the headline and then like you see them together, uh, the Jay and John, but you don't really get to see their romance that much. It's just like, it, it feels a little mishmashy to me, but I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, so I don't know if queer representation is perfect. And it's so it's so hard to say, oh, well, John and Tim, this is the only two characters that should put the weight on their shoulders. Like, I definitely think we need more representation. I'm glad we get these pride anthologies coming out. Yeah. I think that's awesome. But then, like, it's only once a year. Like, I want to see a Batwoman comic. I want to see, you yeah. know, run a Runaways comic. So I do think there needs to be improvements, but I think we are in a, in a, hopefully getting to a renaissance of queer representation in comics. And obviously if you read some indies, there's some beautiful queer representation in indies. Um, so yeah, I think we're in a better spot, but I don't think we're in a perfect spot. I mean, same to say with television. I do think television out of all the mediums, in my opinion, is doing queer representation the best right now. Well, and I feel like to your point specifically, this it leads me to a feeling like like when you talk about TV, it's like you've got you had Batwoman, Legends of Tomorrow, mm-hmm. Doom Patrol, um, and, and that also leads me to feel this this impression I have. You mentioned the Pride anthology, which is DC. The two characters you mentioned, two bi characters are Tim and John Kent. Um, it I when I was thinking about this episode, I could I could list off like dozens of queer DC characters. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot harder t- time thinking about that for Marvel. Do you think 100% DC is better at queer representation and why is it the Disney of it all? Ah, that's such a good question. I would think DC, I think they're better at it right now. I would say like Marvel like 10 years ago was doing it more though. Cause you had North star and then you had uh, Carolina and, yeah. and characters like that. So they were doing it better a couple of years ago, but it's so interesting. Cause I remember I read Marvel's anthology last year and I was like, Oh, this is pretty solid. You got black cat and she's by, but then you read her ongoings like, wait, they're not really doing much with this. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, and they've always gave like hints that Kitty is by, and they even made her kiss a girl. And then they are like, eh, we're not going to talk about that. Um, mm-hmm. So you have all this stuff. I think um, it could be the Disney of it all. Uh, I I think right now Marvel needs to step it up. Because when I read their Pride book this year, there was so few characters that actually have a story right now. Yeah. Um, but in DC, they were like, well, if you want to read Superboy, he literally has a book every month. If you want to read Tim, he has an ongoing, and yeah. he's literally the secondary character in the main Batman book Harley right Quinn's now. one of our biggest characters, mm-hmm. full stop. <laughs> Yeah, Harley, it's like, and and they're doing it with Harley. Like, we get to see them, you know, see her be queer. Then we have the Harley animated show, which she's super queer in. So I think DC is definitely doing it better right now. And I do think Marvel needs to step it up. And it might be the Disney of it all, because obviously all the conversations in the past couple of months with the... the gay stuff uh, with yeah, Disney okay. and, you know, preventing some of the the things that their, their crew wanted. I hope they're listening. I really think it's important for them to, I don't want to say get on board, but like to just get better representation. Don't the thing is like, cause there's the argument always like, Oh, they only did this for a headline. And I hate when 
those fans, because they're wrong most of the time, are proven right. Because yeah. sometimes it does feel like it's just for the headline yep. and they don't actually care about the story. And I'm like, no, this is not helping anybody because you're just yeah. proving the naysayers right. And you're not actually giving representation to the people who want it. You're just yeah. giving us a moment, not a full story. And Do that needs to be improved. Across the board from mm-hmm. comic books, movies, books, television, like every form of media, what is your personal favorite representation of a queer couple or queer character love that roxy great question oh man i would say honestly you just mentioned legends of tomorrow ava and sarah from legends because they were not i don't want to say toxic but there's a lot of times in cw romances where they like don't communicate and like for episodes they just don't talk so you're just like there's always an issue with the couple you never get to see them as just a couple and i think Ava and Sarah did such a great job of they had problems. They talked it out. It was not like there was definitely drama sometimes, but it felt like real drama. And I just love their relationship and their representation. And it's such a shame the show ended not on its terms because I think it it just was such great representation. And honestly, just like not even just for queerness, it was just really good representation of how to do a romance on television. Yeah. Yeah. Just with the characters, like I, there was a really long period of time where people would ask me, who is your favorite DC character? And I would say not of all time, but currently like white Canary when Mm -hmm. Sarah Lance just came on the scene. so, So electric and like everything that she did. Although I do feel like with her and Ava, I do wish that they did highlight some of their differences more. Like sometimes I felt like they were looking in a mirror and mm-hmm. I was like, y'all are too perfect. That like, was a that was a problem with a couple characters on Legends because then you had um, uh, Ray and uh, Nate. Ray and Nate. Like, are you all the same dude? Are you all the same? Are you guys the same? Yeah, we need some nuances here for sure. For sure. It, it is cool though that in, in 2022, as opposed to when I started having these conversations because I'm somewhere on this rainbow umbrella. And when we when I started having conversations about this in 2010, when I started hosting shows and they would ask me about like my favorite bi couples or anything, it was such slim pickings. Mm-hmm. And it, you would like rack your brain. I mean, like at that time, I feel like Glee was doing a decent job. Um, and that was kind of kind of stopped there. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like it's really cool that even when the representation uh, of the media is not perfect, at least it's more abundant and it's mm-hmm. like more normalized, which is, is nice to finally not feel like there's one gay couple per every 10 shows. So you have to like that couple or else you have nobody to like, you know, um, which is better now that there's more things like even articles like be- uh, best and worst of the queer representation in the media because there is a best and there is some that we don't like as much as opposed to just like having to like everything because it's all you got, you know, 100%. And I think that's only been in the past couple of years, really. And it's kind of crazy to say that. Um, But I'm so happy that we have that. And I hope we continue to get just good queer representation and good queer characters, even if it's not just about their queerness, like just good queer characters. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like even shows like mythic quest that I got DJ on where it's like, that's cool, man. Like every, uh, every show now is just like, yeah. uh, Sex education is such a good one. Oh, hell yeah. It has so much representation where you're watching a show and you're like, these are just people and the show's fucking bomb. And that's how you make a good show. I uh, I watched this show. uh, I just, I just finished it this week called Shorzy. That's a spinoff of the Canadian comedy letter. Kenny. And oh, I've heard great things about Letter Yeah, Letter Kenny's great. What's the spinoff called, DJ? Shorzy. 
Shorzy. It's on Hulu. Um, well, I've not heard of this yet. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah. stopped me, DJ. Yeah. Um, and it's a spinoff of a, of a popular character from Letterkenny. And it's interesting because it's a very like irreverent trash talk. It's, it follows hockey players in Canada. But they made a point of of uh the other the other lead is indigenous a lot of the other characters are indigenous and they and i was reading an article on it uh and they were talking about how i was like well we're talking about and i do not know canadian hockey so i am just relaying to what i read in the article um it was basically like well we're talking about hockey in this part of canada there's indigenous people like that's just the reality of like so we're either telling the story we're not if we don't include them we're actively removing them from the story and so the the indigenous um, uh, people factor in a lot. And Leonard Kenny, one of the actresses on that show, who actually showed up as uh, I believe it's like called the Deer Woman in Reservation Dogs. She's a consultant oh. on Shorzy, and and it's not the, the Shorzy's not a very preachy show. It's not like a like a, a, a topical show in that sense. But I I feel like it speaks to a very important truth about representation. And something I was mentioning on earlier. It's like you're just reflecting the world that people live in like marvel made a lot of hay out of the fact that we're the world outside your window we're not dc we're not dealing with cities like gotham or metropolis we're in new york and queer people exist in that world like if you're talking about the world outside our window like people that's that's the reality of it so it's not even it's not even preaching like it's just reality just 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 accept the reality we live in that's all (laughs) And we definitely need to see more queerness from Marvel. I mean, that's definitely one thing. It's just like, oh, my God, I need more. And it's so interesting. This is from the comics, but I don't know if they'll adapt it into the show. But Miss Marvel, Zoe's character, she's queer. Like, that's her whole story. There's no hint of it yet (laughs) in the show. And I was like, oh, man, that would be such a good opportunity. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, uh, Remind Zoe's the rival. Yeah, the, the she's like of, the she's like the bully character. Cool, cool, cool. Maybe if we get to spend a little bit more more time with her. Uh, so before we go, we're running a little long. Before we go, Kat, any any final thoughts? Any last things you'd like to share? No, just that this is such a cool opportunity. Um, I loved hearing you guys talk and uh, just how you break down media. So thank you for allowing me to be a part of it. So remind the kids at home about where they can find by visibility and everything else you're up to. Yeah, so by visibility uh, is live on Kickstarter until July 21st, I believe. So uh, we're on there for the whole month. And you can just go on Kickstarter and write by visibility still by or go on my Twitter. It's literally pinned. My Twitter is at comic, you know, um, we also do a webtoon on the weekly. If you enjoy queer content, it's slice of life. It's about an anime character that comes to life and falls in love with a high school cheerleader. So go check that out. Uh, but yeah, at comic, you know, is the best place to find me uh, to see what's co- going on because there's always Plenty. I'm actually going to be at Pride this weekend. So if you're at New York, uh, New York City Pride, uh, we'll be at Pride Fest that Sunday. Selling by visibilities. That's really cool. Hell yeah. Happy, awesome. happy Pride, everybody. Also, to everybody going out to Pride, be safe. Please, 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 please be safe. Please be safe. Yeah, there, there's too few of us. So you got to protect yourselves because. Have a blast. <laughs> Shine your light and just take care of yourself. And any. Uh, yeah, just, yeah. And anybody out there not pride just wants to keep keep those people safe. Go do that too. Go 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 support. Go support and have fun. Yeah, and have fun. Have fun. Sorry, I'm the I'm bringing in the dad injury here. Like, hey, babe, make sure you <laughs> you know just be aware of your surroundings. Um, uh, did you pack your water? Did you did pack you your water? You make, leave? make sure you yeah. get to take a couple protein bars. Stay hydrated. Uh, Roxy, uh, yeah. remind the kids at home what you're up to. 
you know, all the things everywhere at Roxy Stryer. I'll keep you posted about all, all the other stuff we're doing. The World Girls podcast, Bitch Out of Water. Don't forget to check it out. A lot of cool ones that we've done recently. The, the most recent one, we've talked about Darina being Polly, but this week we had her focus on talking about being in a 10-year marriage and not just getting married but staying married and what that looks like because a lot of people do shows where they focus on the wedding but then we don't hear like how the fuck do you stay married to somebody for 10 years (laughs) and what does that look like so that was a really interesting episode especially for a single dweeb like me who has not been able to figure it out i was like yep writing notes down Mm -hmm. don't stay mad okay (laughs) got you check that out and again there's links in the description to all that you can find me at dj talks trash please go to hellbentcomicbook.com help us reach that second stretch goal uh, i'm very proud of the comic go give it some love and you can find this show everywhere that matters at only stupid answers but on twitter you ain't got the vowels from stupid and happy pride and we will see you all next time bye everybody bye